Hey everybody, welcome to episode 11 of Junior Golf Keys. I'm your host, Matt, and uh, we've got a really good guest for you guys this week. We've got three-time PGA Tour winner Scott Stallings joining us on the show, and I'm really excited to have Scott. I reached out to him. Uh, He kindly replied and agreed to join us, which I couldn't be more excited about. I've been following Scott for a while. I think he's a really good guy. He's a devoted family man husband and father uh, to two young kids and um, just really excited to have him on because he's going to share some great stuff with us just about his journey. He's going to kind of talk us through his journey. Scott played golf at Tennessee Tech uh, University. He turned pro in 2007 and uh, made it onto the PGA Tour in 2009. So he's going into his 10th year on the PGA Tour. He's had a really nice career. Scott is very involved in junior golf. Uh, in 2012, he started the Tennessee Junior Cup, uh, which is like a Ryder Cup style event in Tennessee uh, for junior players. In 2013, he became involved with the AJGA um, and hosts the Scott Stallings Junior Championships uh, in Oak Ridge, Tennessee, which is where Scott uh, grew up partially. And um, Then he also started an initiative in 2018 last year called Kids Play Free, which he'll talk a little bit more about on the podcast. So um, really excited to have him on. Very grateful for his time. I think it's always really neat when we can learn from a professional um, that has made it in a sport or in any area that, you know, we're really passionate about because we can just have an opportunity to learn from them. Um, Sometimes maybe we have a perception that, you know, they sort of breeze their way through to the spot that they're at, um, which is far from the truth in most cases and with Scott as well. Um, he's definitely had some great success, uh, but he's had some bumps in the road too. And uh, just appreciate him jumping on here and being vulnerable and showing his or sh- telling his story uh, to us, which I think is really going to help a lot of people, uh, both players and parents. Um, Scott's a parent, obviously he's a player. So uh, I think you guys are really going to enjoy this one. So sit tight. I'll be right back with my interview with Scott Stallings. All right, guys, welcome back. Uh, Appreciate you joining us. Episode 11 of Junior Golf Keys. And uh, this morning I've got a special guest, three-time PGA Tour winner, Scott Stallings on the phone. Scott, how's it going? Great, man. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really excited that you're joining us. I know that junior golf is a passion of yours um, and just kind of want to jump in. So the idea behind this podcast is really to bring as much value as we can to junior golfers and their parents and anybody kind of trying to navigate that space. Um, Like I said, I know you're tied in. 2018, you started something called Kids Play Free. Um, You've also got an AJGA tournament uh, in Tennessee with your name on it, the Scott Stallings Junior Championships. And uh, you also started the Tennessee Junior Cup in 2012, uh, more of like a Ryder Cup style event in Tennessee. So um, before we jump into some of that stuff, can you kind of just give us your story? Uh, we can kind of pivot along the way, but keeping in mind that, you know, we're, we've got an audience of junior golfers and, and parents that are listening, just kind of walk us through what your journey's been like. 
Well, I mean, I was a, a, I grew up a baseball, you know, basketball, soccer player, and golf was kind of something I did in the interim. You know, I, I always enjoyed playing, but I, I was, I played everything. And um, my birthday was the, it's the last week in March, and uh, kind of always tied right into the, with the Masters. And I, you know, I've enjoyed that tournament my whole life. And I made my first hole in one the day before my birthday, and then a week later, Tiger won the Masters by 12 and 97, and it was like, I want to do this. <laughs> how could you not? How could you not be a fan, right? <laughs> I, I, I was on a, a golf high. I mean, you know, I, I I was on a competitive baseball team. I called my coach Monday after Tiger won the Masters. The story countless times is like. I, I was not really very good at golf. Uh, golf was by far my worst sport. Um, I was a lot better baseball player um, than I was golfer at the time. And all my friends thought I was nuts. Um, my coach, everything was just, you know, hey, you know, you, you've been a part of with playing with these guys. It's like, no, I, I, I want to do golf. And I, I didn't really know what that looked like. But I just knew that the way that the schedule was with baseball and, and all the other sports, that it was just going to kind of tie into my time to be able to get on the golf course. And, you know, at that moment, I always had an appreciation and love for the game, but nothing like you look back at one moment, it's like, when did you fall in love with it? And that was it for me. Um, How did you get introduced to golf? Uh, my family, uh, my dad was a pretty good player growing up. Um, and, you know, not any kind of, like, professional accolades or anything like that, but, you know, a single-digit handicap and, uh, you know, kind of grew up around the game. But, you know, it was very quick to, you know, have me get involved in all, all kinds of sports. And that's, uh, you know, for on a good, bad, or indifferent, I felt like that was really good for my game and kind of helped me, you know, not necessarily specialize, especially as you see now. Uh, especially dealing with what I do with the junior golf, so much specialization, and you know, especially at such a young age. Um, and I don't know if I necessarily love that, but I, I, that was not the way that I grew up. And you know, I felt like that was very beneficial to kind of you know make me realize what I really wanted to dive into. And um, my dad was very supportive. My dad and mom were kind of, hey, if you really want to do this, like let's figure out what we can do to kind of help get you better and uh, so we you know kind of dove head first in and you know had some really good people help me out along the way and uh, you know had an okay junior career nothing uh, you know earth shattering by any means but you know kind of a late bloomer especially at you know 13 14 when I really got going and I mean that that's ancient nowadays in junior golf yeah I, right I've, I've run my junior cup for eight years now and uh <laughs> i mean we we had our first issue last year we none of the girls on that qualified for the team were old enough to drive a golf cart oh wow <laughs> like, like wow i mean these are truly like how talented they are at such a young age it's pretty crazy to see yeah but, it is uh, um you know, kind of transferred into college and recruiting. And, I mean, I basically told everyone my whole entire life I was going to University of Tennessee. I was going to run through the tee. I was going to wear the orange and white. I grew up in Knoxville, Tennessee. It's where I live now. And um, 
unfortunately that uh, unfortunately and fortunately it, it didn't work out for me. Uh, coach decided to make a, a different decision and go a different direction. And uh, to be honest, I was stuck. Uh, I'd kind of told everyone else that had recruited me no, uh, that I, that's where I was going, and uh, never didn't really keep a ton of options open. And again, dove head first right into it, and uh, ended up originally committing to go to Chattanooga, and it kind of the eleventh hour. Uh, some guys from Tennessee Tech called me like 11 o'clock at night. I had no idea who they were and asked me if I would come make a visit one more time, one time before I made my final decision. And I went down there and after an hour, I, I met the guys and you know, immediately had, you know, got along with all of them great. And, I mean, they're truly some of my best friends now. I don't see them as much as I would like to, but you know, to go back at the time, it was the, never in my life where I thought I would end up and ultimately the, the best thing that ever happened to me. Just the guys that felt pushed me, the, the coach that was there was was great as far as super super encouraging and helped me realize that if I really put my head down and, you know, did the right things, I would have a chance to pursue golf as a career. And um, I look back at that time, um, I, I helped a bunch of college guys now uh, when I can and look back and tell them like don't wish this away and if I could go back and play another semester of, of college golf and just kind of be around that team environment I would do it in a heartbeat yeah so you wound up in the OVC I went to Eastern Kentucky University actually nice man yeah yeah um, so then you turned pro in 2007 what was that transition like I want to kind of go back to a couple of things that you mentioned but just kind of walk us through you know turning pro and um, if you could kind of to where you are now, and then we can maybe go back and dive into a couple things. You know, I, 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 I transitioned a lot better. Well, I guess, I mean, obviously I was older, had a little bit better wherewithal as far as what was going on, but I felt like I was more prepared to transition from a college player to a pro than I was from a junior to a college player. Obviously those are huge milestones in your life. And you know, kind of not knowing what to expect and you kind of got this grandiose idea it's going to be this and this and that and the next thing you know reality hits you in the face you're like man everyone's a lot better and and that kind of is all across the board and i i didn't necessarily do great at that in the college age i, I spent all my first semester looking at basically every score from the university of tennessee and kind of wishing my time away like why am i here and uh, a, a pretty stern conversation with my coach, uh, kind of the end of my first semester, kind of was a quick dose of reality, kind of, you don't want to be here, uh, no one's keeping you here, and uh, but, if, but if you do what I think you're capable of, I think you'll be the best player that's ever played here. Wow. And it, it was accountability and encouraging and a quick, like, hey man, no one's going to make you be here, but if you really do what you need to do, like, this is what I think you're capable of. But I, 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 um, I spent a lot of time with him as an individual. Um, you know, was an All-American and had a chance to do a bunch of stuff uh, with the NCAA tournament and a lot of other different tournaments I got invited to. And we were at the NCAA tournament in Oregon. And we're riding back. I mean, I felt like we connected like seven times to get there. So I, I spent a lot of time with him. And he, he asked me, he's like, I, I, I don't know if you're planning on turning pro, but he said you would you know, be an idiot not to give it a shot. 
so I had some really good guys come around me from, uh, from Tennessee, from Knoxville area, and kind of helped me transition, raise a little bit of money to, to be able to turn pro and kind of make sure that I kind of knew what that looked like. And uh, I had a guy that played on the team with me that kind of helped me put all that stuff together. And, you know, now he's one of my closest friends and, you know, kind of helps me, you know, from all the business standpoint of everything. And, you know, that was kind of it. I basically, I played a couple of tournaments right after college and made it run a Q school and you know, kind of transitioned in that 18 month period and then went uh, two years in, I went to Q school, I got the finals and I ended up finishing 26th, which at the time was sort of devastating because at the time you could get the top 25 and went to the tour. Right. Uh, and I finished 26th. And it, made, it took me about a month to get over it and then realize I had a lot to learn. Um, mm. I, I was in, basically, I was in West Palm Beach, Florida, you know, the middle, second week of December. A month later, I was playing golf in New Zealand. Oh, wow. Uh, the, the Nationwide Tour at the time, which is now Corn Ferry, we started, uh, we started the Australia, New Zealand. It was our first two tournaments of the year. I mean, I traveled to play golf. But I've never traveled out of the country, uh, never kind of dealt with any what that looked like. When you start to transition from college to professional, you start to see like that this is, sounds counterintuitive, but golf is the easy part because <laughs> <laughs> right. so it, it kind of stands alone. You, you know, hey, I go do what I'm supposed to do. I play well. I shoot low scores. Everything will kind of take care of itself. Yeah. And, you don't realize I'm getting ready to go travel a ton. I'm getting ready to go. And now I'm responsible. I'm the person that makes the schedule. I'm the person that makes the travel arrangements. I'm the, I'm the, I'm the guy making the call. And, you know, at 22, 23, 24 years old, uh, I mean, that can be pretty daunting, especially sure. when you've never been put in that situation before. And, um, you know, transfer a year later, I, I played okay on the, the nationwide at the time, but I basically, I played well enough to where I could got, I had a free run at finals. I mean, I had my full nationwide card. So like I couldn't improve it anymore and ended up going to Orange County National, um, in Orlando. And I remember on the fourth hole, one of my best friends on tour, you know, played on tour for a long time with me as well, Scott Brown the fourth hole he looked at me and it was going to be cool and kind of damp and he looked at me and that was the fourth hole we'd ever seen in the practice round we were staying together that week in in a house and he said buddy i don't know if if you don't get your card here you may never get your card he said this place (laughs) is perfect for you yeah i I think i think i finished i don't know eighth or tenth or something something right in there and you know played solid all week and got my tour card and um you know, now transition, uh, you know, just started my 10th year on tour and it goes by really, really fast. Yeah, uh, I, bet. I, remember, I remember going from the nationwide, like, man, it'd be awesome to play a year on tour. And now it's looking, it's like, you start adding up. It's like, man, I've been doing this for a long time and, uh, I love it. Uh, I feel very blessed to have the opportunity to play on tour and, uh, kind of live out my dream day in, day out. I know that there comes a lot of responsibility expectation with that privilege of of being a professional golfer on tour and uh, hopefully I try to hold up my end of the bargain and uh, try to be a good steward of that on and off the course yeah that's awesome I mean you've had 
you've had a really good journey. Um, you've had some peaks, you've had some valleys, um, some challenges for sure. I want to jump back to kind of, you're talking about getting started, you know, multi, you're, you're a multi-sport athlete as a kid, really good baseball player, um, sort of a late bloomer as you termed it in terms of golf, uh, and getting started. I think sometimes we see, uh, some junior players get discouraged at a young age, maybe if they're not, you know, up there and competing for, um, for the trophy every single time that they tee it up. Can you kind of talk through or give some advice to some of those kids that are out there that maybe, you know, peak at different times and, you know, some things to think about as they're going down their journey as a young player? Yeah. I would literally just have this conversation with uh, a kid that's in the process of transferring um, from that junior golf to, uh, you know, college golf. And he plays golf in the SEC and I played golf with him a few times. And he's like, man, it's just not what I thought it was going to be. And I said, what did you think it was going to be? You know, you play good every tournament and, and have a chance to win. And next thing you know, you're playing at a, you know, SEC school and, and everyone's just as good as you are. And, He's like, yeah, that's that's exactly what I thought. I was like, yeah, man. <laughs> I said, you know, expectation versus reality and, you know, a strong dose of the faster you can get in your mind that this game owes you absolutely nothing. And that's hard for a 12 or 13, 14-year-old kid because the as much as this game can beat you down and and – you know, become incredibly frustrating and discouraging. It can also build you up and teach you so much about character, integrity, you know, and kind of carries you so much more as what you do on the course is what you do off the course as well. And he's like, I played with them later that week. And he looks like, man, I just, I feel so much more like free going, like I'm going to go out there, I'm going to execute, I'm going to do my thing. And, you know, I can leave the course knowing that I gave it my best effort instead of going to be like, this course owes me this and, mm. and I deserve this break. And, you know, a sense of entitlement is not good in any situation, but especially in the game of golf. Yeah, for sure. Because <laughs> in you can do everything right and still get a poor result. So if your identity and the way that you carry yourself on and off the golf course is based off of whatever score goes in that box at the end of the day, you're in a, you're setting yourself up for a world of hurt. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm not 64 and I'm not 76, man. I'm a guy that goes out there and busts my tail and, you know, hopefully put myself in position to, to have a chance to go out there and execute and, you know, have some great results. But also I know that I'm also a dad, a husband, a father, and, and kind of everything that goes along with, with that, that, you know, the score doesn't really define, it's more the, the process and the work that goes into it that kind of helps me get to where hopefully I, I want to be. And the faster you can learn that, uh, the better off you're going to be. And, you know, putting yourself in position to win golf tournaments and, and kind of learning through the process of everything. And I think a lot of people get psyched out, especially the junior level, as far as that expectation. You see a, a super highly ranked kid come out like, oh, this guy's in tournament. Oh, he's definitely going to win. I mean, if that's the conversation you're having in your head, you're beat before you start. That, yeah. Because yeah. I promise that kid could care, that highly ranked kid could completely care less what you're doing. And, sure. you know, that's you kind of get work yourself into a little bit of bubble, especially as your career progresses, just to the point of like, I, I, I know that there are 
a hundred plus guys that I play with week in, week out that are literally the best players in the world. But at the end of the day, man, I could completely care less what they do. Just they like they yeah. could care less what I do. We might be very cordial, friendly, get along, whatever. But at the end of the day, I know I'm going to go out there and try to put myself in position and go execute and make birdies just like they are. And they could completely care less how I do it. And I could completely care less how they do it. And yeah. So like, like, no, I was just going to say it's, it's super tough to do. Right. I mean, you've been out there for a long time. You've been on tour for, like you said, 10 years, you know, you've had a lot of practice and put yourself in a, put yourself in a lot of situations that you've had to work through and build that skill set. What are some things that junior players can do, or maybe even parents can do for the junior players to, help them develop those skills at a young age mentally and just that type of an approach. I think a lot of it is building a routine and understanding that when I do this, this is how I feel. And also when this happens, this is how I feel both positively and negatively. And it's terms of, and I know it's junior golf and, you know, the, the transitioning from travel and I, mean, I know some junior golfers that play as many tournament rounds as I do. And just the way that yeah. it's just become so competitive day in, day out, just all the way across the year. Um, but building a routine as far as when you go around, when you play your practice round, how you go about it. I know that there's a lot of stuff that's out of the junior's control, but basically trying to figure out, all right, this is what I have control over. So when I do have the option to do this, this is how I'm going to go about it. You know, routine in their short game, routine in, you know, their full swing and kind of knowing that if I can be super disciplined in these areas and especially as I go prepare to play in an event, the better off I'm going to be. When you start throwing those uh, intangibles out of there as far as, well, I expect every week to be like this and and the range is going to be like this and the putting green is like, nah, man, like the – you have no control over that. You have control of the, the attitude and the effort that you put forward into the way that the way you do things, you know, the course yeah. conditions and weather and the, and also the guy that thinks that they have opportunity to control the weather, you know, <laughs> they'll play professional golf for about five minutes and realize, oh, okay, I'm done. I mean, we played in, we played in Houston a few weeks ago and I teed off. I was second off in the morning on Friday and it was 91 degrees when I teed off. It was an, right. a, a miserably humid. We had a storm come through, blew through for we had a couple hour delay, and it went out and it was like 58 degrees. Made it drop 30 <laughs> degrees in two hours and blowing complete yeah. opposite direction. And it's like talk about expectation versus reality. You go out there, you know, sweating. You know, every shot, shirt sticking to you. Next thing you know, you're out there. Guys were wearing like beanies <laughs> and this, on the same day. It's like, all right, we have no control over this. We're going to go out there and deal with it and, uh, you know, just take whatever comes our way. And uh, the faster that a junior player can learn to deal with that kind of stuff and just embrace adversity, uh, the better off they're going to be. And, you know, kind of put themselves in a situation where not necessarily that you're just accepting failure. But basically understanding that failure is just a, a, a harsh reality of the game that you play. Because if you truly base yeah. your success off wins and losses, my career is is a failure. You know, because I've, I've yeah. lost yeah. so many more times than I've won. And, sure. Instead of looking at it like, man, I've had an opportunity to play at the highest level in the world 
for 10, 10 years straight. And I'm, you know, continuing to pursue yeah. that, continuing to, you know, to be the person to, to go in on and off the golf course to carry me to, you know, hopefully be able to do this for my, for my life. And, yeah. um, so I, the barometer of success that they choose to evaluate themselves and understanding adversity is coming, whether you want it or not. And the quicker you learn to deal with that and understand this is what I can control. And this is the stuff that I can't control. And I'm just going to stop trying. And that, sure. that goes a long way and kind of helping understand that this is how I'm going to go about my week, you know, on and off the golf course. Yeah. So, I mean, let's talk about that a little bit because – I mean, I agree. Routine is, is huge. And, you know, I'm, I'm kind of going through some stuff right now to build some new habits for myself and um, just kind of get back to the basics on some stuff. And, you know, I think if there's anybody out there that follows Scott on social media, I mean, you're absolutely killing it, man. <laughs> you're um, you are, you make my body hurt when I watch some of your videos. So, um, but I love it because I think I read something that you put out a really cool video that I actually reposted a couple of days ago over the weekend. Um, just kind of talking about like pushing yourself to another level that like, I think either others or you didn't even know that you had. Um, I can't remember exactly what the quote was, so I might be butchering that. But with that in mind, can you talk to this group about what your daily routine looks like, um, you know, and kind of what a week looks like either, if it's a tournament week or, you know, you're home in Tennessee with the family, um, you know, what are some of those things that you're doing on a daily basis to continue to build those good, strong habits? Yeah. My, my routine is, uh, there's some slight variables in there and just, and I'm slowly but surely learning. Uh, my family's traveled with me. I have a six year old son and a three year old daughter and they have traveled with me and my, my wife, Jennifer, we have been together on the road as a family for since my son was born. He started traveling at four weeks and, you know, obviously we transitioned when we had our daughter uh, three years later. But, you know, I basically built my routine off of understanding what it was like to travel with two young kids and and a wife that was incredibly supportive. But, you know, kind of carried the load as logistics and planning and understanding that this is what's best for our family and kind of balancing what's best for our family compared to what's best for me and, and my tournament schedule. And, you know, it was kind of a happy medium and kind of, all right, this is what we're going to do here. And this is what we're going to do there. But now as we've kind of transitioned, my son just started first grade and um, just kind of under learning what that looks like. And I've got a lot more time as my family doesn't travel as much. So, being a little bit more disciplined. I started reading a lot more <laughs> and trying not to, I, I don't do well with idle time and, you know, being a little bit more disciplined in my practice, but my week at home and my week on the road are a lot. They're very similar and a lot different. Uh, I practice and spend a lot more time, uh, you know, kind of drills and, um, different things. My home time is to try to get away from the game a little bit. I still play. I enjoy being on the golf course working the, the ball beating. And I'm not a, I'm not a big range guy. I'll, I'll play some wedge games and chip and putt a lot, but a lot of my time is, you know, I want to try to get all my stuff done while my kids are at school. So either try to take them to school or pick them up or as much as I possibly can. And then I build my practice and my training schedule based on the time parameters that are set you know, hopefully to be able to get it done with the expect that they're going to be 
out of school and I'm going to be free to kind of do whatever they want to do. And so it, it all kind of depends. I mean, I, I wake up early. I try to get all my work done and I try to be there for them in the afternoon. My son just started doing some sports and trying to be involved in that as I possibly can. And uh, my daughter does some gymnastics, which is hilarious with uh, <laughs> with three-year-old gymnastics running around. But, um, you know, at home, somersaults yeah. and rolling around on the mat. Yeah. <laughs> at, at home, um, you know, my, my family and, you know, rest time and stuff is a priority. I mean, if you're going to play golf and travel as much as we do, you know, 30 weeks a year, you got to find some time to be able to get away from the game. And I mean, there's still hard work and, and discipline that goes into it, but there's a balance. And I didn't do a very good job of that early in my career. I'd go play six weeks in a row, come back, take one day off, and go back and, you know, spend 10, 12 hours at the golf course again and wondered, you know, why I hated going on the road. Like, man, I feel, I, I feel like I just did this. I didn't do anything to get away. I didn't know how to put my clubs away. And, you know, this, I, I, I said in an interview and a guy kind of ripped me a little bit, but a family can be a, a, a blessed distraction. And uh, the only reason I can say that is it just, it gives you a great opportunity to figure out, what your true priorities are and how to get away from the game. And yeah, you know, cause the, the grind, grind, grind mentality, man, I can dig it down in the dirt with the best of them. You know, grinding does not bother me at all, but right. I think there's a definite time and a place grinding for the sake of grinding and grinding with a purpose are two totally different things. Like a guy that wants to go out on the golf course and tell you that I practice for eight hours, like, if I have to tell you how long I practice and how I worked, like I probably didn't do a very good job. Let my, let yeah. my works and, and my end result be, be a, a result of that. Not necessarily like I, I had 42 hours on the course today, you know, or, or this, that <laughs> this was my week's worth of work. It's like, no, nah, man, I, this is my day. This is how I do things. I'm gonna wake up and I'm gonna try to get better today than I was yesterday. And you know what? I'm gonna do the same thing tomorrow. I'm gonna do the same thing the next day. My train, my yeah. training schedule, and my practice schedule, and the way that I play and stuff at home, or you know, a hundred percent with that mentality. Yeah. So, were you always that way? I mean, I know that you've got a, a good story, and I want you to go into it if you would, just about just your physical body transformation and kind of what you have been doing over the last few years uh, to work towards some pretty serious goals. I think you've set for yourself there. I mean. Were you always like that or what has changed, I guess, to kind of amp up, you know, that piece of your mentality and just execution? Yeah. I mean, to me, as sad as it was to say, I, I kind of took what I had for granted. Um, kind of thought I was going to be able to do whatever I want, whenever I wanted, you know, with kind of, uh, without having an opportunity to kind of answer to anybody. And that wasn't like I was running around being a wild man, but, you know, my diet was horrible. My sleep habits were awful. Um, and truly like I, I didn't, you know, I, I had some early success in my career and, and maybe there was some laxity and, and some volatility in there that look into like, Oh, I'm, I'm exempt. Let's try some things you've never done before instead of being disciplined enough to man, I, I'm, I'm successful because I did this. I'm not successful, which gives me the opportunity. I remember going to, uh, I got in a chance to, to play WGC a couple times over in China, which they're playing this week. And I remember playing when I went over to Asia and I remember changing golf balls. I won in August 
I remember changing golf balls to a completely different ball that I never played. It was still a Titleist ball, but completely different profile of everything. It's like, oh, I'm going to play a couple no-cut events over here. I'm going to try it out, and you'll be able to play when the when the tour gets going again. It's like, man, these are huge tournaments. Like, let's, let's – <laughs> Right. And to look at it now, it's like, I'm an idiot. Like, I should have tried, <laughs> tried that other stuff. You know, definitely I would never do it until I tested it. And my, like – club testing process is a thousand times different i'm super hesitant to to try anything unless you know there's some a definite need or something like that where i've given it the due discipline or due diligence sorry to go into actually to make it into my bag and just look into yeah. different things like that but you know the discipline side came along uh, especially when i started going through all the health stuff and that's probably a good transition to go into um I feel like I've done a lot more health and wellness podcasts and interviews more than golf and which is great. I mean, hopefully I have an opportunity to, to be able to tell my story and um, where people don't make the same mistakes that I did. You know, I took my health for granted. I took my life for granted and I was very, very, very fortunate to be given a, an opportunity to continue to pursue my career on tour, you know, through that whole process. That was not ever a thought. It was the goal of get my, I want to make sure my life, my body, everything's ready. And if golf happens to continue, great. But that's not why I'm doing this. And, yeah. you know, my family, my wife, my kids, and was 100% the priority and the reason kind of why I went down that road and uh, had some pretty tough conversations along the road, uh, along the way. And, um, just reality hit me in the face with uh, sitting across the desk from a doctor at UCLA and uh, said that some things have got to change. He said, you cannot continue down this path. And uh, and it's, it's not a pretty picture if this is going to continue. And I remember calling my wife. Uh, I was in Uber headed to the, back to the airport uh, after I met. I was in UCLA for this guy for, for two days and I apologized to her. I said, I'm, I'm sorry for uh, taking what I had for granted. I said, the guy that you see today, I said, I don't know how long it's going to take. I said, but the guy that you know now no longer exists. I said, I am like, you guys are my priority and you guys are the reason that I'm going to continue to push myself and truly find out what I'm capable of on and off the golf course. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you being vulnerable and sharing that because I just think it's something that can help a lot of people. Um, you know, I think golf, the game that it's grown into, there's just such a holistic approach to it. I feel like more now than ever, um, just with different aspects of what you guys professionally and just different players up and coming are paying attention to with fitness and nutrition and, and training and um, thanks for sharing that. Cause I think that, uh, it can really, you know, help a lot of folks out there that are maybe struggling with some of the same stuff. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I get asked, you know, I don't know whether it's social media interviews, whatever, like, do you like working out more than golf? Like I know what my job is. <laughs> like like <laughs> right. I am, I am 100% confident. I know what my job is. And uh, I feel very, very fortunate to have the job I do. I just have, I've developed through that whole 
health, whatever you want to call it, just the journey itself, I found an opportunity to get away and basically shut my mind off to where I didn't think about anything and just literally push myself to where all that stuff went away. And so whether after a 64 or 76 or two weeks off or seven weeks in a row, like I have that place where I go to and completely my mind goes away. And it's whether it, you know, the, whether aesthetics of a body or whatever, the mind for me, that's where I learned how to get away. And, you know, I've said it in a lot of interviews that not necessarily that I, I can understand how different avenues appeal to people, whether that's drugs or alcohol or other things that could be detrimental to someone's career, but it's an opportunity to escape. And I was very, very fortunate to have some people around me that pushed me to the gym. And that was when I was, you know, kind of transitioning. That was the only time of day I felt good because my body had to work the way it was supposed to, uh, or else I'd have just probably passed out. But I mean, it just, it, it kind of showed me like, if I continue to push into this competition, like I could feel like this more, I could feel like this more. And then eventually got to like, man, I just, I, I, I like my mind to check out. I like to ride a workout on the board, do it up, hammer it out and go about my day. I don't really think, I yeah. don't really think about it again and kind of be able to kind of clear it out of my system and I'm done. And yeah, uh, it's helped mentally help some clarity, help opportunity have to, you know, get over a bad round, get over a good round and just kind of a dose of reality. Like, Hey, let's go do it again. And, um, kind of be able to carry it on, uh, as far as hopefully be able to do this for a really long time. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's all, all about routine. I think, right. Getting yourself in a good positive routine, something that's going to push you, um, specifically mentally just in general with life it's super important but on the golf course obviously the mental side of the game is is such a huge piece as well i had somebody on last week um michelle holmes who's an instructor uh works with u.s kids and she was talking about you know you're out on the golf course for four plus hours uh but you're probably only executing shots for two or three minutes Mm -hmm. right so you know the other time that you're out there is spent a lot of times just in your own head. Um, so developing that skill and developing that mental toughness and, you know, some of that routine can just be a super beneficial thing for, for a player. Yeah. I think putting yourself in situations outside of your comfort zone that basically, like I said earlier, embracing adversity and putting, and I'm going to put myself in a really hard situation and figure out that you can do it in practice. You could do it in playing, you can do it in training, you can do it in all sorts of things. Um, but with that same mentality of the length of how long it takes to play around the golf, especially on tour, obviously pace of play has been an issue, but um, I'm actually met with an, an endurance coach uh, that does a lot of triathletes and Ironmans and, you know, kind of all that, you know, ultra endurance athlete. And he looked at golf and he said, you know, obviously you look at the physical attributes of playing, but an endurance sport is something that you do repetitively over an incredibly long amount of time. And that's what he envisions endurance. And okay. Kind of with the mentality of, of golf, you know, a, a, a tour around a golf takes five hours. And whether the you can actually play all the shots in about two and a half minutes, if you took right. the, the amount of time it takes to swing. 
and, and hit and execute a golf shot. So what are you going to do with that other, you know, four hours and 57 minutes you're out there <laughs> and yeah. just learning how to train your mind, train your body and to deal with the, the wear and tear, not only physically, but mentally that comes into. And uh, there's obviously a bunch of different ways to go about it, but you know, kind of work the way that you practice. And I started walking more a lot when I play at home because I'm a guy that I like to play fast. Uh, I like to do this. And then I just found myself getting more and more frustrated by coming on the road, especially if I had a couple weeks off, I'd go play, you know, 36, 45 holes in a cart. In the same time, it would take me to play 18 holes on tour. It's like, right. I understand there's a time and place for both, especially if you're really working on something. But uh, if you're truly going out there and playing one, one round of golf, try to put it in that same mindset as far as this is kind of the process that I go through. We never ride when we play. We will never ride when we play. So when the situation presents itself, I'm going to walk. And obviously yeah. there's some physicality stuff, which I, I appreciate. But, I mean, I would not consider my workout walking 18 holes carrying my bag. Like that's just something. Right. That's just something I feel like you should be able to do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, you know, I think especially for juniors too, because you know, at a let's say teenage years, and you're getting of age to drive a cart. You know, that's an exciting time, right? I remember the first time I got to drive a golf cart out at the course. But yeah, if you're still you know trying to push and compete um, at a, at a higher level. You know, that's definitely something to consider and to make sure that you don't lose sight of training yourself to stay in that routine and and how to stay in the moment, um, you know, walking the course. That's a that's a big piece of yeah, it. Yeah, my my caddy sees he was actually in Tennessee the last few days. We were practicing before we leave to go to Bermuda tomorrow and we were we were playing last night and we, we grabbed a cart and just ran out and played a bunch of holes before it got dark. And he started laughing. He's like, man, your routine in this car. Like, you just, <laughs> like, I, you go in, you do things totally different. I mean, he sees me hit more shots than anybody. He's like, there's no wonder right. when you walk, you play better. He said, like, I, I, yeah. I've seen you play three holes. I'm like, who is this person? And <laughs> he said, I, I literally spend more time with you than anyone in the world. So I've seen you do everything. And, like you a hundred percent that he, he knew exactly what we were doing. Obviously we were trying to get as much golf in, in the shortest amount of time possible. He said, man, anytime right. you're playing 18 holes by your, just that's what you're playing. He said, you need to walk. And yeah. there, there's a lot of discipline that goes into that too. Cause man, how easy it would be just to throw it on a cart and kind of go and chill and do your thing. But you know, when, this, sure. when the situation presents itself, you're trying to put yourself in that uncomfortable, you know, spot man I'm, i told myself i'm gonna do this and this is what i'm gonna do and um so i try to do that a little bit more as i have the opportunity to yeah um i want to pivot back to are you good on time yeah i've got probably another 10 minutes or so okay i wanted to pivot back because i think this is super important there's a lot of people that are listening that uh are trying to uh, obtain a spot collegiately and so I think that something that I've seen junior players uh, struggle with or something that frustrates parents sometimes and families is they, they pick this university, they put it on a pedestal and kind of like what you went through, you know, this is where I'm going to go play. I'm going to tell everybody that, 
you know, friends, family, you know, this is where I'm going, maybe even to the detriment, you know, of telling some different universities the same thing, which then could limit some options. Can you talk through that a little bit for anybody that's kind of going through a college placement journey? How do you find the right school? I mean, you said that you feel like you ultimately landed in the best place that you could have, uh, but it wasn't where you initially wanted to be. So can you talk through that a little bit deeper? Yeah, I mean, I was the poster child for overcommitment and closing off all your options and uh, basically any other way to say that I just dove head first in without a pool to land in. <laughs> and yeah. um, basically, I had nothing in writing, all words, um, did everything in my power to put myself in that spot to where I knew where I wanted to go. And so did everyone else. But at the 11th hour, it kind of all twisted on me. And I was kind of left there with, you know, holding my hands like what just happened. And um, I had I remember specifically I went on a visit to Auburn and uh, coach was super nice. um, And I I wasn't going to get like some tremendous offer down there, but an opportunity to, to play. And. I remember telling the coach, like, coach, this is great, but, you know, I'm going to play at Tennessee. And he's like, okay, like, thanks for coming down. Nice to meet you. Uh, that was it. I remember calling him back when Tennessee made their decision to, you know, pick the other guys that were kind of over me. I remember calling him yeah. back like, please, please give me a shot. <laughs> he's like, what happened? I thought you were playing at Tennessee. He's like, uh, not really. Um, got nothing. Yeah. I got nothing. And, um, Obviously, that was a tough lesson to learn at, you know, 16, 17 years old. I remember talking to my dad, like, what happened? He's like, you know, and this isn't a, a, you know, bashing college coaches, but, I mean, they're dealing with a lot. And you have a lot of volatility of a junior player. You know, a kid that was a world beater at 14 develops, goes through puberty and everything, and at 17, you know, can't find the planet. And And on the other side, too, a kid at 14 that's, you know, driving at 220 and, you know, turns into a man two and a half years later he's flying at 315 You're like what in the world why didn't we sign this kid uh, right so there's give and take on both sides but you know go into every option like go into every opportunity with a chance to learn never feel like you're the smartest person in the room always ask questions and if any and all opportunity can get something in writing. <laughs> yeah, and obviously right. the recruiting and all the stuff are completely different than they were now. Uh, I, I know a little bit about it just from dealing with some of the high level junior stuff that we do uh, in, in the state of Tennessee. But, you know, honestly, I try to stay away from that stuff with the AJGA things that I've done in the past. We actually do a kids meeting and a parents meeting. So that's pretty interesting for me to be able to kind of answer those questions as far as the recruiting and, you know, how to handle college visits. I think there's five official now and, you know, just how to manage that. Uh, team chemistry is a big part of it. Uh, team environment, practice facility. The facilities now are incredible. I, yeah. Like, so, so much different than, I mean, I, I felt like I played golf in the college golf in the Stone Age and it really wasn't that long ago compared, <laughs> right. compared to just how facilities have progressed. But, you know, communication is key uh, in everything. 
especially when you're dealing with a teenager and, you know, their collegiate future and any kind of parents and emotions are involved in uh, can not always operate with clear heads. And I've definitely seen that happen in uh, some of the junior stuff that I've been involved in. Um, but I think that that comes with anything. When you care a lot about uh, the end result and the person that's out there, you know, trying their best to compete at a high level, I mean, unfortunately that happens. I mean, that still happens on tour. And right. I just think the the more opportunity that the the boy girl you know junior player uh, their best interest can be put forward uh, and put in the the mindset of everyone involved and as far as hey help this person become the best player on and off the course they can be if that's the goal and everyone has their agendas in order I mean that's where you get the best result. When you get a bunch yeah. of uh, competing agendas and egos involved and personalities, that's when the junior players' careers kind of put in the back. And, like, you know, unfortunately we see that a lot in golf. Uh, you know, the parents kind of, I guess, persona is taken over by the child. And, and unfortunately we want the child and the way that they play – and carry themselves on the golf course to be what stands out, not something that happens outside the ropes, quote unquote. For sure. For sure. No, I think that's, uh, that's all good advice. I appreciate you sharing some of that. Um, want to be conscious of your time, but want to give you an opportunity if, if you'd like to just talk about um, the junior events that you're involved with or programs with kids play free with your AJGA tournament or with the Tennessee junior cup. Yeah, we, and a lot of that stuff is challenged from my buddy that we dealt with in college uh, that, you know, kind of, he was the guy that recruited me to go to tech and, you know, he's been a part of my career uh, from the very beginning and, uh, you know, help kind of help give back the Tennessee golf association and the foundation are super involved uh, from the PGA tour professional level to all the way to, you know, developing, you know, people to put a club in their hand for the first time. And, uh, they came alongside when I first, you know, kind of got going professional golf and tried to figure out what we can do to kind of help push the game in the state. And uh, AJGA was a nice transition. Uh, there was an AJGA in East Tennessee. Um, you know, kind of pushed that uh, in Oak Ridge Country Club where I grew up. Uh, Under Armour was a big part involved in that for a long time. And, you know, kind of helped uh, create a little bit of interest for me, like, all right, what can I do for this? Um, we, the junior cup, we, it's our eighth year. Yeah. Not, no, ninth year, I'm 10 years on tour, nine, nine years and transition where we basically take, uh, I 65 dissect the state of Tennessee, do 10 boys and four girls. We do that at the Grove, uh, in South Franklin and, and just South of Nashville. And, uh, it's literally one of my favorite things I do. I, I love the week. I love getting to meet all the kids. And basically you have a culmination of the 28 best junior players in the state of Tennessee all come together for a Ryder Cup format. It's an incredible weekend and something I look forward to every year. And Kids Play Free is something that we started uh, last year. We have two uh, courses, two nine-hole par three courses, one with a range, one without and it has been incredible to see from year one to year two. We had no idea what the turnout would be or, you know, what kind of numbers we were looking at. But basically, my friend said, you do something in professional golf, amateur golf, uh, high-level junior golf. What do you do to grow the game and introduce people to, to 
have a chance to learn from the game. They've given you opportunity you wouldn't have otherwise. And that's exactly how the conversation started. And I'm like, I don't know. And so <laughs> we started ha- like, why do people not play? And co- yeah. cost, time, course availability. I was like, all right, what can we do to eliminate all that? And essentially the answer is money, but also partnering with people that are going to provide access. And sure. we, through the foundation, we have two courses that we work with here in Knoxville, Beverly Park and Concord, and basically went to them like, what do we need to do to provide a kid under the age of 18 in school, essentially a junior golfer. And that's of all ages. I mean, my three-year-old goes out there and yeah. 365 days a year, they can play golf for free. That's awesome. Clubs, balls, everything. They just, all they have to do is show up. And the first, awesome. the first year we had 2,700 rounds and between the two courses. And this year, I think through uh, end of August, maybe like middle of September, we were, I don't I know the numbers for through this month yet, but we were already at 6,700 rounds for the year. Wow. So pretty crazy transition. We've got some incredible partners and some people kind of help push the program apart. But we're actually going to have our first uh, uh, charter come out of uh, come out of Knoxville. We're going to push it into more uh, middle Tennessee and hopefully be able to push it across the state. Um, OK, I'm very partial to the logo. Uh, it's a silhouette of my son <laughs> at the Masters uh, in 2000, okay. 2014 from the par three tournament. Uh, that's cool. So he's convinced that he has that's his golf course, which is kind of odd to try to explain to a six year old <laughs> just because he sees his logo on there. But it's like, nobody, this is not your course, but that is you. <laughs> so maybe one day, right? Yeah, maybe I, one I don't day. know. We'll see. But it, it, it's a, it's a great opportunity to to go out. Um, if you're in the Knoxville area or in you know somewhere around Tennessee, definitely come check it out. Uh, be very wary on Saturdays and Sundays. It gets a little chaotic out there. Uh, there's balls going everywhere, but it, it's truly given a chance for a, a, a dad to take multiple kids and not really have to worry about the financial burden or the, you know, the, the awkwardness of, Hey, I'm going to take my, you know, five-year-old that's never, and just to try to take them to a golf course and just put them on there. And, and you're in the midst of just, you know, regular play and trying to manage that you're out there with every other dad that's trying to, you know, not have his six-year-old hit his three-year-old and, and everybody's right. out there just trying to introduce people to the game. And, you know, whether they go and play on tour, or whether they never play again, at least they had the opportunity to have a, t- have the game kind of give them a little touch and, and whether it draws their interest or teaches them stuff on or off the golf course. And that was the, the goal of it to provide an opportunity to learn from the game that gave me more than I ever deserve. And that was kind of the premise of it. And, um, that's kind of how it started. And we're very, very cool to kind of see the progression of it. We're obviously that's something that we're working on, uh, very closely now as I'm getting ready to have some time off and kind of figure out how we can continue to push the program the next few years. Awesome. Well, good luck with that. And, and thank you for everything that you're doing for the game. Um, I mean, I think we would both agree. It's awesome game. It's done a lot for a lot of people, myself, you included. Um, so I really appreciate everything that, that you and the people surrounding you are doing to continue to grow that. Any last, uh, things that you would leave with this community, just advice for junior players or their parents as they kind of forge on in their journeys. Uh, I think just kind of reiterate some of the stuff I said earlier. Uh, oh, never, 
be afraid to ask questions, never feel like you're the smartest in the room and, you know, look for every opportunity, the chance to learn. And uh, this game is going to teach you a lot if you just give it a chance, whether that leads to on the course or off the course. And um, the expectation of I'm going to go out there and put my best foot forward. But at the end of the day, this game is going to give me something that maybe I, I was or was not ready for. Um, and it can transition a lot in life. And uh, I, I have learned way more from the game than I felt like I've put in. I've, I've taken more than I've received or sorry. I have received way more than I've put in. And I, I the game is just continue over and over and over after even after 10 years on tour. I feel like I'm continually learning more and more things uh, as far as how to take, especially being a parent, being a husband and uh, whether that's where I go to to get away and kind of clear my head or you know, figure out a way to, you know, be a little bit more disciplined in my daily routine and it kind of helps carry on both on and off the golf course. So, but I appreciate, awesome. I appreciate the time and best of luck to all the listeners and uh, hope to see you on tour or, you know, at one of these junior events coming up soon. So thank you guys very much. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, thank you, Scott. Really appreciate your time. Um, loved having you on. Hopefully we can do it again sometime. All right. Thank you guys. Best of luck, man. All right. Thanks, Scott. Yep. All right, everybody. Well, that does it for episode 11 of Junior Golf Keys. I really appreciate you guys tuning in and listening to my chat with Scott Stallings. Um, Had a blast chatting with him. Really appreciate his time. Um, Really hope that you guys were able to pull away some valuable information uh, from the show. So as I always ask, if you did take away some value, please share it. Please go out and leave a review on whatever platform uh, you're listening to this podcast on. And uh, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out on some of the exciting guests that we have lined up. Um, Really excited for where we're headed with this show. And, uh, you know, really appreciate you guys taking the time to tune in. So I hope you guys tune in next week for another episode of Junior Golf Keys.